Welcome to the Successful Farming Podcast. I'm Jody Henke. This podcast is brought to you by Massey Ferguson, a proud supporter of Century Farms and those building a lasting farming legacy. Hello, I'm Darren Parker, Vice President of Massey Ferguson North America. And on behalf of everyone here at Massey Ferguson, I'd like to congratulate every Century Farm. We build straightforward and dependable equipment for farms like these and people like you. The people working hard to build something that lasts. The people who were born to farm. So from all of us at Massey Ferguson, thank you for inspiring us with your hard work and dedication. Enjoy the podcast. Cindy Southern Marion's family farm near Dobson, North Carolina, was built on a foundation of cattle, tobacco, and music. Her three children all work professionally around the country as musicians and songwriters, but the pandemic brought them home, and together, the family is paving a new path for the Century Farm. Successful Farming's Des Keller talks with Cindy and her son Will on the history of the place and what they see for its future. Tell me a little bit about your history growing up at this location. Well, um, I grew up here. The house I live in is a house that my grandparents built. And my parents and I actually live next door. And so I was always here at the farm with my, my grandpa and grandmother. And I was active in 4-H. It was always been a part of my heritage. My aunt and uncle lived on the other side. <laughs> my grandparents lived in the middle. But uh, being here, it's, it's just been a part of who I am. My great-great-grandfather came here from Stokes County to Surrey County around 1890. And that was John Southern. And he purchased this property for his son, Will, who my son is named after. And Will and his wife, Lola Jones Southern, came here and uh, started farming this land. Their children were born in the, what we call, we refer to as old house that's still standing on our property. In that house, my grandfather, Doc Southern, and all of his brothers and sisters, they were born in that home. How many kids were there in that family? There were six, I think, that in that okay. family. Then my grandma Southern and my pa Southern, Doc Southern, they were married when my grandmother was 15. He was 18. They had five children by the time she was 21. <laughs> and my daddy was the youngest of those. And when they originally yeah. came here in 1890, how big was the farm? How big has the farm been overall and what is it? At that time, it was a little bit over about okay. 225 acres. And over time, you know, they saw pieces of the property to neighbors. 268, when 268 was built, it actually cut the farm in half. The highway. Yes. My grandpa Southern, Grandpa Doc, he hauled rock from Rockford, which is Mm -hmm. about 15 minutes away from us to help build 268. And he got a dollar a day for his team and his wagon, and I think 50 cents for himself. So Really? to build the road through. They built the little house that I live in now, and they raised their five children here, which was my dad and his four siblings. To the extent you know from the 1890s into that early, mid-20th century, what did they raise on the farm? What all did Primarily, they do? this was a tobacco farm. Okay. This was a tobacco farm. They did do grains. My grandpa Southern did uh, Black Angus cattle, so it was very much a cattle farm. After he passed away, my Uncle Ralph, continued to do more of corn, soybeans, those kinds of things, as well as cattle here. After he passed away, much of the property was leased as far as for the farm piece of it, where pasture land was leased 
to other folks to uh, keep cattle on. We still lived on the property, but we had a few animals, just more pets, goats, donkeys, things like that. I moved back to the property about eight years ago. And I'm a nutritionist by trade. And I worked for the school system for over 30 years. I was a child nutrition director, meaning I was over all the school cafeterias. During that time, I worked very closely with the North Carolina Farm to School program. And that has afforded me the opportunity to go to farms across North Carolina to work one-on-one with farmers to procure product for school districts across the state. So I've always, through 4-H, through my job, through my family, been very connected to farming. When I came back here, the farm was in some disrepair because it just had not had the loving care that it needed. Was it being used for farming for the most part? It was being used for cattle. Okay. Cattle, pasture, and for hay. My desire was really to get that little TLC and be nurtured back to the property that was when my granddad ran the farm. Repair of the buildings here. We had barns. We had a granary. We had pack house. All those things. So you had, I mean, you've had a long career in things other than farming, but your career was where farming and education intersect. So it's always been a big interest. When you came back here, what was your thinking in terms of the long term, like five years from now, 20 years from now? Well, you know, for me, I was very close to my grandparents and I wanted this place to be something I can pass on to my children and my children can pass on to them. As the years have progressed, of course, the farm has gotten smaller. When my grandfather died, uh, 80 acres was sold. My dad retained 24 acres when everything was okay. said and done and split up. So then my brother and I, we split that. And so primarily I've got right at 11 acres. And we've seen family farms go away at an increasing pace, especially across North Carolina, and but just across the United States. And I think that's so much part of our our heritage, our culture, and I did not want to see my family farm disappear. I didn't want to see the legacy that my grandparents and my great-grandparents built. I learned a lot from my grandpa, just walking around behind him in the fields, going with him to the barn. I learned a lot from my grandma, both sets of grandparents on the farm, preserving food, canning, quilting, doing all those things that I feel are important skills to have and are so much a part of who I am. And I wanted to pass that to my kids. Well, it sounds like, you know, you've embarked on doing a lot of the things you want to do. What going forward is going to be the main business here? We have really worked a lot on agritourism. And we felt like that that was a place that we could really go with what we had here. Because we have a lot of the buildings that do date back to the 1900s. We're in a centrally located area. It's easy to get to. We started with a pumpkin patch and doing some events along with that. We did storytelling. We did music. We had crafters. You know, We were very specific in our crafters that we saw that they only did local handmade items. And one of our visions here is to really make this more of a a heritage type farm. One of the things I like to do is in the old house, that house is in very good shape. It still needs a lot of work. I'm interested in quilting. My daughter's interested in quilting. We have original quilt frames that belong to my grandmother. Our intent is to put those up. We have a flax wheel 
I have a lot of old quilts. Yeah. We would like to be able to do some demonstration type things. Up there. Mm-hmm. We also want all three of my children are do music. My family is steeped in music. My grandma and my grandpa knew each other through the community because their parents' farms met. However, when they first began dating, she was playing guitar for a barn raising that my grandpa Southern's family was having. All of her family played musical instruments, everyone. My brother is a musician. All three of my kids have degrees in music. And you're being nice about it. I mean, Will and Jack both have essentially bands. Yes. One's in Asheville, one's in Nashville. No, Will's in Texas. Will's in Texas. 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 I'm sorry, yes, and, yeah. and, and, and Asheville. Jack's in Asheville, yeah. And Peyton is? She's in New York, and um, she's getting a degree as a lyricist from writing music lyrics, but she's also a singer and writer in her own right. They're all very gifted, and Will and Jack both currently have albums out. But, you know, we feel like that's something we do, and I'm very involved in our community theater. We're going to do some community theater here. We did storytelling at Halloween, ghost tales. So those are some things that we feel like, aside from crops, we can do to bring people here to have experiences. We want this to be a place that you can come and have an experience on a farm pet our donkeys, pet the goats, see what we grow, but we can give you an experience too. The pandemic was a blessing in disguise for Cindy. When we come back, she talks about how a labor force arrived that was semi-willing to work on the farm for room and board. Stay tuned. At Massey Ferguson, we're proud of our 175-year history of straightforward and dependable machinery. We're proud to build tractors and hay equipment that help feed the world year after year. But most of all, we're proud to support farmers. Always have been, always will be. Check out our entire lineup of farmer-first tractors, equipment, and implements today at MasseyFerguson.com. Or visit your local dealer to learn more. Now, there's a, a strange irony, while nobody would ever say that the pandemic was a blessing, but it did cause everything shut down, especially for musicians. So you had all three adult children home for an extended period. Yes. And that kind of did what? Well, that kind of really spurred us to get things done. We were all together. Too. I had all this work that needed to be done at this farm, buildings that needed cleaning out, fences that needed to be built buildings that needed to be repaired. And all of a sudden, I got free labor at home. <laughs> Is that how they say that too? <laughs> Is that how they characterize it as well? <laughs> yeah. But I will say for us, I was still working full time. And it started with this list that I left them each day. I started leaving them a list. And it first just had a few things on it. And then the list grew. In fact, we kept that list. It's still on my refrigerator in there because it became very meaningful to us because my kids were learning to do things that they had not had those experiences. You know, all three of them can run a chainsaw. They built a huge and nice fence out here. Everybody learned to do all that. We embarked on doing that first pumpkin patch by just trial and error. And the first pumpkin patch was when? two years ago this October. In 20? During the 20, pandemic? Okay. During the pandemic, okay. yes. And my daughter Peyton came up with that idea. We partnered with one of my farm-to-school farmers. We went and purchased pumpkins for them. We sent from them. We set them out pallets. We put out games for kids that were just like small carnival games, ring toss, deer ropings, 
with roping heads, um, throwing ball at the can, all these little just fun games for kids that we, you know, we felt like we've got plenty of property, plenty of parking, need people come and park and let your kids run around in the yard and play games, paint a pumpkin. We would let you carve your pumpkin in the patch out here. We put up tables, places like car, places like paint, candy apples, cotton candy. We had those because nothing was going on. There was no fair. There was no, yeah. there was nothing. We had a lot of people. We had some of the crafters come out because nobody was having craft shows. We really spread things out. We had hand sanitizing stations and we had so many people that came and just, you know, it was an opportunity for them to be outside with their kids a little bit or with their family and just have that opportunity to, for a second, enjoy. How do you see that going forward? You're a young woman, but well, let's, you. let's say, <laughs> let's say it's 10 years from now, 15 years from now. Yes. Are you still making all that happen? How does that work? I hope so. This past year, Peyton, she was in grad school with the NYU. This past year, you know, she was back in New York. Yeah. However, she arranged her schedule to be home for a while. The boys rearranged where they could be here on the weekends. The boys, their schedule is a little bit more flexible so that they can come in and help me. I have a lot of my really good friends and just extended family members. I think that uh, it's something we want to continue to do. There will probably come a time where we'll have to, if we continue to expand it, we'll have to hire some folks to help us with it. Yeah. But you know, we bought a tractor this year. That was the biggest help. <laughs> it has a front end loader, which everybody should have by law. That should come when you get married, you know, get a wife and a front end loader. <laughs> uh, yeah, when I first got divorced, I used to look on a man with a tractor, and then I just decided it was in my best interest to buy my own darn tractor. <laughs> Would the kids say that in a lot of ways this was like really an incredible experience for them? Yeah, and I think when you talk to my kids, they're going to tell you that. It was a wonderful experience. Now, I will not tell you that, and, and it's just like with any family, there were some tasks we took on and some days that everybody just got so tired. The last fence post we put in, we were putting in at dark with the headlights of the tractor and the day we kept hitting the rocks and we were about to cuss in three languages and yeah. <laughs> it was, there were some short tempers that yeah. day. We didn't like each other or anybody else time we got there, <laughs> but we got it done and I think it has given them a great sense of achievement. They will all tell you, everyone, that it was a wonderful experience for them. They've loved it. They love being outside. All of them really in connection yeah. with this property, and they will tell you that. Peyton, one of the plays that she has written, and it was very interesting to me. Now, is this a musical play? This is a musical, and it is a musical that the one that she is currently writing. It is set in Kentucky, and it is about a woman who is trying to save her land, and she had some people at NYU say to her, I really don't, I don't get this whole emotional attachment if people are really going to buy it. And she's like, are you kidding me? You know, there are people that would just land on their life yeah. for land. So it's about a woman trying to save her land in Kentucky. Is it really about a woman in Kentucky or is it really about a woman in North Carolina? <laughs> no, it's really about a woman in Kentucky because this lady is making moonshine and that is not happening here. <laughs> Thanks for that. If we fast forward, so you, you are going to preside over this agritourism empire here. And there have been a lot of people that have gotten into that business right. over the years. Do you see from a marketing standpoint, the capacity in the market for that, given yeah. what you've seen already? 
I knew and I've visited those places and I've seen those places that have really gone just full bore and it's like going to farm Disneyland. That is not who we are. And my children will tell you that that is not who we are. We really want to be more of an authentic cultural heritage type of place. We do not envision being this mega come and play in the Mountie house. That is just not who we are. You know, there's places for all of that. Everybody's got a spot in the world, but that's not our spot. I think our spot is more, we're going to grow products here. I've got some bees coming. We're going to be a place that you can come. You can see agriculture working, but you can have an experience at the same time. And it's going to be a slower pace than going to somewhere where you may have a bouncy house or rides or whatnot going on there at, at a farm. I want this to be my time that I really enjoy this land. I love going outside and get my hands in dirt. I love it. I absolutely love it. I am happy riding that dirt. I love it. So I came out of a very high stress job for 33 years. Farming is extremely stressful. I know that. You know, I've seen my grandparents do it. It's hard. It's tough. But I would like to be at a, at a little bit of a pace that I don't want to set all these marks that I feel like I have to hit. Do this, do this, do this. We've set some goals we wanted to achieve. We're ready to put our pumpkins in for this year. Yeah. We're going to do our own growing. We've got some more animals coming. What do you have coming? We have some goats. We have some more goats. I, I like goats. Yeah. We just got another donkey. We're looking at getting some more donkeys because they're fun. People enjoy petting them. When the kids aren't here, I'm still good with that. So to the extent that it works with their careers, Mm -hmm. the kids are also fairly committed to keeping this process. Yes, they're very committed. Jack is working his schedule where it's very flexible for him to come back. He's very interested in the animal support of it. Will likes a lot of the infrastructure pieces and the fence building. And he's worked a lot on our buildings, on our tractor shed. We read the roof on the tractor shed, beams in, got all of that going. He's helping me with plants for the pumpkin patch, those kinds of things. Peyton, she's always interested in, she's always helped me with plants. None of those kids are afraid of hard work. So they're all committed to helping here on this place. So, and I think they'll all tell you that their experience here changed them. This experience being together and Mm -hmm. working this land together changed them. Jack has written a very good new song. In fact, that song, is called Docks Other Farms. and But one of the things that the line said in it is, the past is never the past, and we're still holding on to the reins. That's sweet. So you're at 130 years, 32 years and counting here. Yeah. That's nice to have. Fighting for the family farm wasn't something Will Marion had in mind when he came home to ride out the pandemic. But when we come back, Will talks about what he'd like to see to ensure the farm's future. Stay tuned. Cleaner cuts, better windrows, denser bales. You've heard the stories about legendary hay in the Heston by Massey Ferguson machines that make it happen. From self-propelled windrowers and mower conditioners to square and round balers, Heston has the equipment you need to start your own hay legend, whether you're feeding your own herd or running a full-scale hay operation. Be legendary. Run Heston Hay Equipment. 
Learn more at MasseyFerguson.com or visit your local Heston by Massey Ferguson dealer. You know, I've talked to your mom about a lot of the stuff and kind of know the lay of the land. And one of the things I asked her, I said, nobody would ever say that the pandemic was a good thing. Mm -hmm. But in some ways, you guys came back home and some other things started to happen. Tell me about that. Yeah. So uh, at the time of the pandemic, I was working in Austin, Texas, five nights a week as a musician. And uh, of course, my brother was in Nashville, my sister was in New York. And um, I guess about a month into it, I realized that we weren't about to go back to work anytime soon. The last gig I played was March 16th. I know because it was the day before St. Patrick's Day. And the next day, the city of Austin shut down, stay-at-home order, all that. Yep. And so about a month after that, I was still in Austin. You know, nothing was happening. At that point, everything that I had booked up until October of 2020 had canceled. So I just talked to mom, and I knew my lease was coming up. At that point, Peyton and Jack had already come back home. We were in the process of it. So, I mean, it was a logical choice for me. You know, once we were here, we were just bored. <laughs> like everybody else sitting at home. I mean... I did the whole thing where you play music online and all that. But after about two weeks of that, that was not a viable idea either. So we came back and um, just started to work on mom's list that she had of things that we could do. Because at the time she was working a ton. You know, yeah. She was delivering school lunch meals and under incredible amount of stress just dealing with that. And we were here at the house. So um, we just started with small stuff and it became bigger and bigger stuff, you know, as we realized a lot of the work that needed to be done around here. What do you envision going forward? Because all of you, all three of you siblings have careers in music and how that relates to what will be ongoing here. I mean, really my goal with the farm was just to get it workable for mom. It had sat for so long that anybody that has land knows that if you don't take care of it and take care of old buildings that they just, they start to fall apart. So my goal through the whole thing was to get it to a point where we could do whatever we wanted with it. And so that meant clearing brush, clearing out buildings, moving fences, mending fences, and doing that sort of thing. Moving forward, I would like to see more, you know, doing some music here. I don't know that my music necessarily ties into that. Uh, I mean, I'm sure we'll play here some if we wanted to, if we do move it into a music venue. How do you characterize your music? Uh, country, Americana. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought. That's okay. what I think. Kind of like Dwight Yoakam. So, yeah, my goal was just to get it to where we can do something with it. And now it's to the point where we're planting crops and we're bringing in livestock and hopefully going to be able to do some other things as far as like agritourism to bring people out here. Tell me a little bit about your feelings towards the farm because it's like it's one of those things when I was asking your mom about it. I said, you know, it's all great what you're doing, but how does this play out? 15 and 20 years from now yeah, when, when you're not when your mom's not doing anymore and you guys are doing something else it's really changed i think for all three of us as far as like our connection to it growing up we weren't really on this farm i mean i was but my great uncle was still alive at that time and he was still you know still had black angus cattle and all that up here so i wasn't really involved in doing a lot of farm work growing up and it wasn't really until the pandemic when we came back when i started hearing more stories about Doc Southern, my great-grandfather, and kind of the connection to land until we really started working it and we realized kind of what we had, you know? I mean, up until then, it was just an old farmhouse with broken fence all the way around it. So I guess that changed. And my plan is that the three of us are going to keep the land together. We would like to buy back as much of the original land as possible, which 
Like beyond the 25 or whatever yes. acres? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I know that's a goal that yeah. my sister and I have talked about. Okay. So down the road, that's something that we've definitely thought about is to keep as much of the original acreage together as possible and just keep it in shape and continually improve it, you know? Okay. Uh, today I'm working on a garden fence. We're doubling the size of mom's garden. Just things like that. And it's it's been a ton of work and it's been a very gradual work. It's got to be pretty satisfying. Though. It is. It is. I built a thousand feet of fence. I've never built fence before. So that was kind of my last project back in November, December was to build okay. a fence that's going to be for goats. And uh, it's about a thousand feet, roughly, give or take. And uh, yeah, so I Googled it and uh, figured it out. Isn't that funny? You know, <laughs> Google, well, that's the great. I can't lie. There's an older farmer that helps us with a lot of the fencing and he showed me several things. And then I have some younger farming friends and she's a fantastic farmer. So she's always one that I'll hit up and be like, hey, Hannah, how do we, how do we do this? Okay. <laughs> you know, what can you tell me, you know? So you tapped all the sources you could. Yeah, for, yeah, for and I definitely ask people when I see them in the community if they have tips for me on yeah. what to do. So in the meantime, you, Jack, Peyton, well, Peyton's still finishing up school, mm -hmm. but you got to make a living too. Right. So there's that challenge. Yeah, I'm uh, back in Austin at the moment, gigging again full okay. time. And we'll see. I don't know that, that Austin is necessarily where I want to stay long term. Probably not, actually. I would like to make a transition back to North Carolina, be able to play some music here and work the farm and do that. But it's a little bit more difficult to make a living playing rock music in this state than it is in the state of Texas. Right. So for now, we're going back and forth. Like I'm here for six or seven days right now. And that's the plan. Jack was just here for a week. Peyton just came in for a few days. So we're going to kind of rotate out and keep working it and keep doing what we can. We're going to see where this all goes, or do you have more of a like a super plan? Or no, I think it's more. We're in the phase of trying to figure out our niche in the farming community. I guess mm -hmm. I should say we have ideas. I mean, there's things that we definitely want to do, like I said, goats or planting apple trees, doing cut flowers, those kind of things. So those are all things that I see as general ideas. That you know, we can have goats, we can have flowers, we can have an yeah. orchard, and we can take that. A million different ways. I would like to see us actually start running some cattle on our own. For now, we lease the cattle pasture. So eventually that would be a goal. All of the matting up to some income streams. That yeah, exactly. Make exactly. And, you know, agritourism is huge in our state, huge in this area. There's only three agritourism farms in Sarah County. Where we're at. Oh, okay. Uh, we're one of those three. So, you know, we've talked about doing an Airbnb on the back part right. of the property, just doing more throughout the year. I kind of look at it in the same way that I look at being a musician. Everybody thinks that there's, you know, one type of musician is the famous person that you see on TV or yeah. radio, but there's not. There's a million things between that guy and the person who's playing down the road from you. So for the majority of working musicians, we have multiple income streams. And I see the same thing for the farm. I don't think we're going to pigeonhole ourselves into one specific stream of revenue. So. But it is nice. It's like I mentioned to your mom. I said, you know, a lot of people can say, oh, we got this great property and we'll have concerts up there. Mm -hmm. Like, well, you guys, it's not so much pie in the sky because you <laughs> actually have some expertise along yeah. these lines. Yeah. Mom and Jack are definitely more into the concert idea than I am. <laughs> I don't know. And the plays and that sort of well, thing. Well, yeah, yeah. And I don't know how much actual income there is with that. I'm more into the let's renovate the old house, let's let's have the Airbnb, let's expand our pumpkin patch, let's yeah. do things like that. 
the old know, house is definitely incredible. Yeah, it's. it's I haven't it's, seen the inside, but your mom says you it's know, actually in better shape than you would imagine. My uncle, it was really funny because that house was just full of just junk the family put up there over the course of 40, 50 years, yeah. like everybody else does, you know? And we cleaned it out, and no one had been upstairs probably since the mid 90s, right? And uh, I was joking with my uncle, I was like, Man, I'm kind of afraid to go up there. Afraid I'm going to fall through the floor or something. He goes, "Oh, it's going to be fine up there. It's going to be perfect." I said, oh, "If it's perfect up there, I'll give you a hundred bucks." <laughs> like, and sure enough, went up there. Yeah, it's in great shape. It's an amazing shape. That's yeah. pretty good, especially um, when you think 1890. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an old house. It needs work. You know, it's not in shape to do anything with yet, but. That day will come where you renovate the house. Oh, yeah. Just as somebody who sees a lot of rural areas and farms, mm-hmm. that architecture is so of that time period. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's cool. You can see the original log beams on the right side of the house from okay. the cabin. So it was a cabin. It was expanded over the years. I was going to ask more about your music, but you no, kind no, of no. told me about it. Can I find you on YouTube and that sort of thing? Yes. The easiest is you can go to my website, willsouthern.com. I'm on every streaming platform you have, on Spotify, YouTube. This podcast was brought to you by Massey Ferguson, building equipment for those born to farm for 175 years. Thanks to Des Keller, Cindy Southern Marion, and Will Marion for being our guest today. And thank you for listening. For Successful Farming, I'm Jody Henke.